All right, man. Welcome to Game Changer SalesCast. What a name, man. SalesCast. I love it. I love it. You know what? Podcasts are out there. And um, you know what, man? This, is, this isn't a podcast. This is, isn't a show. Um, my goal for this is, is it to be a sales cast. What's a sales cast? I don't know. I mean, when you cast anything out, I think my grandfather, he used to, uh, he used to fish. You know, he, God rest his soul, he passed away about 14 years ago. He used to fish, and uh, he used to cast a net. You guys, you guys in the studio, you guys remember cast nets? Okay, and you know he he would cast a net, and I was so in in basically enthralled by the fact that he could walk around and take as much time as he needed, and he would catch mullet. You know, mullet don't bite a hook. You know, and uh, but he would cast this net at just the right time, and he'd pull in thirty, forty, fifty fish, and that's really the the concept of this show, man. It's a sales cast. We're going to cast out knowledge um, to the sales community. We're going to bring on experts in the sales community. This is an automotive. Um, this is sales, okay? So I don't care what you do, where you are. We have a lot of people that follow us that are not in the automotive space. Um, those of you that know uh, my show, Auto Dealer Live, that I host with Tommy and Dave. This is different. So we're going to have 30 minutes together every Monday from 12 to 12.30 Eastern, and we're going to take your questions, and we're going to use the hashtag on Twitter, Game Changer. So if you want to join our Twitter conversation, um, and as this builds, please invite your friends. We want you to talk to us using the hashtag Game Changer. We want to hear what you have to say. And this is going to be something that hopefully that happens organically. We're going to talk about sales. We're going to have subjects and topics and guests on every week. We have a phenomenal guest today who I'm ex extremely excited to bring on here in just a couple of minutes. But every week we want to talk about what you want to talk about. You know, we're going to talk about closing deals. We're going to talk about social selling. We're going to we're going to argue and we're going to debate and we're going to we're going to help each other every way we can discuss the topics that are relevant to you no matter what you sell. I don't care I don't care how long you've been in sales. I don't care if you're in if you're in a boiler room setting. I don't care if you're in an outside sales position, if you're in a soft sale, if you take inbound calls. We want to discuss sales and we want to discuss it at a relative relevant level to where you are. Does that sound cool? If you have questions, we want to take your calls, 813-574-1820, 813-574-1820. If you're on Facebook, um, I have this computer in front of me, and my guys are going to do a great job of helping me on Facebook Live. Field your questions or your comments. Again, this is about you, all right? What do you guys think? You guys ready to get this thing kicked off? <laughs> all right, man. Listen, without further ado, <clears throat> I want to bring on uh, somebody who um, I have been linked in with and have followed uh, for, for some time. And uh, even though he is primarily in the automotive space, he also handles, I'd say about 40% of his business in the sales training arena is outside of the uh, automotive space. And uh, he's actually, if it's noisy in the background, I want you to forgive he and I, and in in, in, uh, if you mute that until I introduce him. Um, if, you, uh, if you hear noise in the background, he's at an airport in California, and he's getting ready to catch a flight. So we're going get, to get about 15 minutes with him. He is the president and CEO of Paul Webb Training. He's an automotive trainer. He's a sales trainer. I love his style. We're going to bring up his story and let him talk to you about the science of selling. So without further ado, let's bring on Paul Webb. And uh, Paul, man, I want to thank you for uh, joining me from an airport in California. And uh, I want to thank, uh, thank you for taking a few minutes to be with us. How are you doing this morning? Uh, very good, David. Thanks very much for including me on your show, and uh, it's a pleasure to be talking with you and your audience. Well, thank you very much, Paul. And I know we have limited time together, uh, and the show is only thirty minutes, but we have limited time. You're at an airport, and I want to, I want to jump right to um, <clears throat> something that you know you recently uh, launched a, a book. I love the title. At the at the end of the uh, segment here in a few minutes. I'll let you, you know, uh, plug your book and, and talk about that and how somebody that's watching can buy it. 
but and I, and I and I know that you're you've already warned me that you're getting airport announcements in the background, and I appreciate again you taking a few minutes to join me. But you said something that was really interesting on the video that I um, that I uh, heard you um, announce this weekend, and your story intrigued me. It's the first time I got a chance to hear your story, and I want you to discuss that with our listeners because it was so. Um, it got my attention, Paul. I'm, you know, salespeople have ADD. A lot of us do, and maybe we don't pay attention a lot of the times. But you got my attention, and I think that probably lends itself to your sales style. Um, you call, you call, you you talk a lot about science and selling. But share a little bit of your story. Primarily, pick up where your father passed away at a long age, a young age, and then you said your mother, if I believe and heard it correctly, the day after your father's funeral, got involved in selling. Can you, can you pick up and tell our listeners a little bit about that story there and how you were introduced to the science and to the thought of selling at a young age? Certainly. Thanks for, uh, for bringing that topic up. Uh, my, my dad passed away when I was three. He was a, a motorcycle cop in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And this is in the 50s, the early 50s. Mm. And um, the day after the funeral, my mom had to feed myself and my two older sisters. And so she sold World Book Encyclopedias, went door to door, and was very, very successful. To the point where, and I apologize for the background noise. No, you're fine. We to the point you. where David, yeah, after, after six years of her selling World Book Encyclopedias, she became the Eastern Seaboard Director of World Book Encyclopedias with seven states and had a downline of people selling for her. So she trained in our living room. Um, I remember coming home one day and hearing my mom slam the door and say, they would have never changed my territory like that if I was a man. <laughs> so she was a, a, she was a, a, a leading woman in the corporate world when women were supposed to be nurses or or mothers or or family people mm-hmm. or teachers, not in corporate business. Right. My mom was in corporate business and because of that influence I had to attend all of her business meetings <clears throat> as the youngest of three kids. So I sat there listening and absorbing all of these, these keynote speakers. I can remember listening to Sir Edmund Hillary the first man to climb Mount Everest, talk about how to inspire people. Wow. And all of that sunk in my head. So later later on in, in, in my adult years, after some professional sports, I met trainers, and I thought, wow, I know all this stuff. How do I know all this stuff? And I realized there were some ingredients that really helped people sustain their personal success. And you know what, David? You can teach it to other people. That's that, and that's. Thank you for sharing that story. What a what a uh, testament. First of all, man, just for grit and, and determination to to, you know, to be a woman in that era in that time frame, and uh, and then after such a, a, a loss of that magnitude, uh, to get into um, that arena. But you know, it, it goes to show too, not only obviously the the grit, the determination. I mean, just really something that that. Uh, that's it's almost supernatural in some ways, but the the deal is, I think it, it kind of in, impressed upon me is how much I believe in training. You know, <clears throat> sometimes people, and you know this, Paul. You know, I'm a trainer, you're a trainer. Sometimes people say in uh, in any industry, well, okay, I've I've heard the training gig. Okay, I get it. I need training, but you know, um, it it really shows because you got a front row seat through your whole life, your whole young life. And it's not, if I understood you correctly in your story, it's not the first thing that you set out to do 
once you became an adult is to become a salesperson or trainer. You even went a different direction, but it was it was in your life that you begin to realize quickly uh, some of the the things that you were taught having a front row seat, so to speak, growing up. So I think it's a testament to really, you know, how important training, the right kind of training is. And, and speak to that for a minute, if you would. Well, you know, the combination of not going directly into sales out of school, I, I went into professional sports. Mm-hmm. And there I was I was taught how high drive and how to achieve and to win. Now you take that winning attitude. I was a downhill ski racer uh, racing for FIS points. I raced for a ski resort called Snowbird, Utah. Hmm. So I raced on the Intermountain Circuit, Utah, Idaho, and Wyoming. Right. So all the big mountains, Jackson Hole, Sun Valley. And I was actually shot with a handheld radar um, gun on, on slopes one day in our time trials um, at 84 miles an hour on a pair of skis. So any time you get into that environment, to that level of sports, you start studying what makes people the best at what they do. I mean, even to the point where, you know, I would lose a race by four one-hundredths of a second, and I would study the people that beat me. So you take that, and then years later, after getting out of professional sports, and then putting in time with professional speakers and following speakers around and, and being trained by the best speakers in the industry, well, that combination made it, made it, it inspired me to write a book. And that's where the book comes out to study the successful people. Take, take what other people have done, collect those ideas, and then teach it to others. And so that's been my, my passion. That's my, my mission statement is that I have to share these best ideas with other people. And I can do it through seminars, through webinars on the Internet, uh, live trainings, keynote addresses, and books and online training. Yeah, absolutely. We have your book up on the screen now, and I love the title, The Number One Best-Selling Book. And, and right before, in a couple of minutes, I want to get you to, to kind of talk about the thought behind the name. But real quick, I want to ask you, because, you know, um, one of the, the purposes for this, this sales cast, you know, because I didn't need something else, as you well are aware, you know, you have a busy schedule, and it's not that you need you know, ever to add something else to your schedule for the sake of it. My purpose in this was to com- is to really delve inside um, what makes – salespeople that are successful, successful. And, you know, I know there's many people that have many different views and takes, and I want to explore all of them. I don't think that there's any really wrong angle. I think that people are different, and I think that just like learning, you know, I think that, you know, different people learn in different ways. You know, um, I mean, explain my, and early on in my career, you know, I had a tendency to hire people, Paul, they were like me, you know, that, that, that acted like me or, you know, and the truth of the matter is some of my best salespeople that I've trained that have worked for me or that I've watched go through training and succeeded over the years were the opposite of me. And I would have never given those people a chance because I didn't know how to read them. I didn't know how to, I didn't know that they could be successful. I thought they had to be like me. I mean, can you, can you as an expert in this arena, before we let you talk about your book and, and let you go on your way, can you maybe give, in your opinion, the number one reason that's the number one important reason that's that's you know of success maybe in your opinion in sales is there something that you can share that might be a piece of wisdom that somebody can take from that question certainly um you know we just had the summer olympics come and go and uh i was fortunate in 1984 to be part of the, the los angeles olympics and um, not as a uh, participant, but uh, uh, in the service industry. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone telling me that the, the first Olympic motto of the ancient games was forced excellence of one's self. Mm. I love that. Forced excellence of one's self. 
how can I be better today than I was yesterday? That's good. And it becomes a, a habit where people start to do things well. They, they're good at something. And when you go on a sales call, if you think about what it is that you're good at, it may, it may be, uh, you know, I won a, I won a trophy as a, as a child for academics. And my uncle told me I was the best person that ever cleaned the garage that way. Or whatever it is, whenever I step in front of an audience as a speaker, whenever I go on a sales call or pick up that phone to talk to someone, I always think about what success have I had in the past. Mm -hmm. And I bring that and it helps me force the excellence. I always key off of a past positive experience. And I bring that into the current state. And that creates my state of confidence. So before you pick up that phone or call on that new client or prospect, I always think of something I've been successful, successful at in the past. I remember having to, to, at the last minute, do a big presentation. And I've skied, David, over 3,000 days in my life. And I had to step in and do a pitch to a large client in Boston. And before I walked on that stage, as I was walking to the podium, I looked down at the audience of about 150 people, and I said to myself, I'm the best damn skier in this room. Come on. And that's what gave me the confidence to be able to talk to that audience. Because mm. I keyed into something that I brought from my past into the present. And the last thing I want to talk about here to help sustain personal success is if I was to go up to somebody in any business and say, you have to sell 60% more than you've ever sold before. And they said, well, I can't do it. Well, what's your excuse? Well, I, I, I don't, I'm not trained properly, but what's your excuse though? So here's a line that your audience can take away today. Okay. You always want to be stronger than your strongest excuse. Nice. And that's the people that practice and practice. I don't have people try anything. Try is success or failure. Practice increments of improvement. Mm. So you always want to be stronger than your strongest excuse. There you go, Paul Webb. And I'm going to get you, I appreciate you, man, taking the time. Again, I, I know you're. it's it's 915 uh, where you are, and you're in the middle of an airport. Um, and the book, the number one best-selling book. What got, I'm going to tell you something. that got my attention on email, which I'm sure was your, your, uh, your purpose. And... Uh, the title itself was very uh, intriguing, and um, I said, "Well, why? man, he's he. Th how many books has he sold? <laughs> you know, one well, of the number one selling books." So I click on it. <laughs> a great title, and you know something? I think that I think that you, you did yourself a great service because it's not. I didn't. It didn't come across as arrogant. It didn't come across as like, "Hey, how, how dare this guy call this book that?" It came across as saying, "Hey, you know what? This is a question the salespeople have." What's the number one book? You know, where do I go? Where do I begin? How do I become better? And uh, and so I love it, Paul. Tell the listeners how they can get it um, and where they need to go And uh, before you jump off. And, again, I appreciate you coming on and, and being with us this morning. Certainly. Um, first of all, quick backstory: Amazon would not put my book on Amazon. I had to fight them, David, for a month. They said, we can't put this book on Amazon. I said, why not? They said, well, when people search, the, the, the title of your book is the number one best-selling book. I said, yes, that's the title of my book. I said, well, when people search the number one best-selling book, your book comes up. We can't have that title. I said, what do you mean? You can't change the title of my book. And it took me a month. Finally, they acquiesced and said, yes, we'll go ahead and put it on. But it's a selling book. That's the whole intention. It's to teach people how to sell. It's the number one best-selling book. So it's a play on words. But at the same time, it is written in very simple format. It doesn't have a lot of philosophy or uh, psychology in the sense where it's uh, or theory. It's practical application. And that's why it's such a small book. It's very simple, but boy, does it hit hard. 
and it really has the, the elements that make successful people successful in the sales industry, sales or communications. There's there's two copies of the book. If you go on to the number one bestsellerbook.com, you'll see a blue version and a red version. The red version is automotive specific, and the blue blue version is also to be found at sales training for everyone. Nice. So I have both those domain names. So salestradingforeveryone.com, and the book is available on Amazon. And so it's an easy read, and it is very impactful. And it's designed to sustain people's personal success in both sales and communications of any kind. Outstanding. Well, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy them from our sales team here. I just ask if I buy if I buy one, would you sign one for me? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Paul. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I think that uh, your book, um, hopefully your book gets a lot of a lot of inquiries here. So, again, enjoy your trip. Be safe travels today, Paul, and thanks a lot for stopping by. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Thank you, sir. All right. That was Paul Webb, and he is the uh, president and CEO of Paul Webb Training. Um, and I, I strongly suggest, I haven't read the book yet, but I strongly suggest from what I've, uh, what I've known about Paul, some of the videos that I've watched, I would uh, definitely recommend getting this book. And, um, and I think that uh, Paul is a really good guy, and from what I can see, he's done some really good stuff. So, hey, listen, we've got about 10 minutes left in the show. So here's the deal. We get your comments coming in. Guys, if you could help get me a couple of comments that are on Facebook, because somehow this is not refreshing. But, hey, bring your comments in. If you're on Twitter, hashtag Game Changer. I am checking out on my phone. I'd like to... Uh, discuss your comments. If you have a question or a comment, call in. Man, we'll get you on the air, 813-574-1820. And uh, this is going to be every Monday. I promise you we're going to have some rock stars continually come on this show. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes about closing the deal. You know, um, let's talk about closing for a second. Let's give me your comments on what you think in the next few minutes here about closing. I'm a big proponent when it comes to closing the deal. I'm a big believer that the close is part of the process. It's not something separate. My experience with salespeople over the years when I've come and I've trained salespeople, you know, with regards to closing deals, they clinch up. There's salespeople that are really good at getting somebody on the phone or really good at getting in front of somebody or really good at getting that customer to take their defenses down. They get them there in front of them. They sit down. They go through the presentation like gangbusters. I mean, they're literally pros when it comes to presenting their product or doing the walk around. If you're at a car dealership or going through the demonstration or the go-to meeting, they're great at that but when it gets to the close they clinch up why is that why do people clinch up when it gets to the close I think it has to do with and I'd like to hear your feedback on this if you're on Facebook give me your comment if your comments worth it solved then we'll mention it on the air um, maybe you can get into a little dialogue with somebody on Facebook or on Twitter using the hashtag game changer but let's talk about it in my opinion we clinch up because it's about the money let's look at that for a second it's it's time to put up or shut up. We go through this presentation. We go through it with just dynamite, man, anticipation. We go through it like professionals. They're listening to us. They even say things like, man, great presentation. You believe in your product. And then we don't ask for the sale. I equate this, I equate this lack of closing deals and treating it like a separate process. I equate this like walking out of your home in the morning. And because you know you're going to come back that night, you leave your door unlocked. Not only do you leave it unlocked, you leave it wide open. Think about that for a second. You open your door to walk out of the door, and you turn around, and you don't close it behind you, and you don't lock it behind you. You would never think of doing that. Why? Because you may get home that evening at 6 or 7 or 8 o'clock at night, and your furniture's gone. <laughs> you may get home and have your house vandalized. You may have animals 
you know, in your house and your trash spread everywhere. You'd never think of doing that for a number of reasons. So why in the world do you think that you could open up a sales process, walk through that process, and not turn around and close it effectively or efficiently? Why? I can tell you that in my experience, we clinch up because it's about the money. It's about the money. Um, somebody said this. Uh, do you say somebody's on hold? No. Okay. So you're telling me, okay, you have to be stronger than your strongest excuse. That's a comment that came in? That's Joey Book. Joey Book said you have to be stronger than your strongest excuse. Good one, Joey Book. Thank you, man, for weighing in on that. Joey is a uh, 40 under 40. He's a top sales guy in Arkansas and uh, one of the best uh, automotive sales professionals that I know. Thanks for listening, Joey. And uh, so my experience, what's your experience, Joey? What's your experience, you listeners that are out there? I think that it has to do with the money. It's such about the money that we clinch up. We clinch up and we tighten up. So therefore, we abandon the very thing that got us to the point of the close in the first place. So I'm going to make a suggestion to you. You don't treat this like it's a separate process. Treat this like it's the same process. Treat this like it's the close to the thing that you opened. You did a great job. You've earned the right. 90% of salespeople, according to the statistics out there by Dale Carnegie, statistics by uh, Zig Ziglar's organization, statistics by Grant Cardone, all these guys back the basic statistic that 90 Listen, 90% of salespeople don't ask for the close. They don't even ask for it. If you want to go biblical, man, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. I'm talking about, you know, 2,000 years ago it was written down. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss or the wrong way. I'm going to tell you that means you don't have the close because you don't ask for it. 90%. So if you want to be in the 10% or the elite category of salespeople, just ask for the sale. You opened it right. You presented the product like gangbusters. You, you've knocked it out of the park. You get to the end and you shrivel up. You shrink back. And you don't ask for the clothes. So that's my opinion. Comments on Facebook. I can't read them on here. I can see them, but I don't know how to open them. So if you can pull it up on here, and we'll get to your comments on Facebook. And thank you guys for reading in. I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, up to bringing the I see there's a few comments there. I just don't know how to get to them. Without, I tried it a couple of times and pulled it up. So uh, thank you for your comments. And we got a few minutes here, and I'm going to hope to get to them here, and we can discuss this. I appreciate you guys checking this out. Uh, make sure, as he's pulling my comments up, that you check out Serial. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, every Monday it'll be on Facebook Live. It'll be probably the easiest place to comment. It's also airing live right now on Serial salespro.com that's my training website go check it out man there's there's hundreds of videos on there uh, we've got all kinds of cool stuff on there we just built a brand new platform that is literally being revealed right now as we speak you'll be the first among the first to see the new platform serial salespro.com or it's also being viewed live right now on davidvilla.me serial salespro.com what's that Okay, SerialSalesPro.com or DavidVilla.me. He's going to text me the comments, and uh, we're going to get to him. So what do you think about that? The close. We clinch up. I've noticed when I've not shrunk back from this, and I enter into the uh, percentage, the top 10%, and ask for the deal, I've noticed that I get the business. Here's what you're going to get. And, and, and we'll get to your comments in a second. But here's what you're going to get, in my opinion, when you ask for the sale. It's, it doesn't mean they're going to say yes. Now, I tell you, you have a higher percentage of a one-call close and higher percentage of landing that deal on the first visit if you ask for it because by nature, 90% don't ask. So you're already doing something that most people don't do. 
Okay, But even if you didn't, which probably you're not going to get it on the first one, you're going to enter into the top percent category where most people aren't. You're going to be in the running for the business. So I'm going to encourage you then at that point to, to at least realize that you're going to get the objection, the hidden objection or the reason that can carry you into that close. Sheila Marie says they are scared of rejection. Sheila, thank you for this comment. It says, boils down to self-confidence and confidence into what you're selling. Great point, Sheila. What do you think about that? Sheila Marie says, they're scared of rejection. I'd say that I, I agree with that comment. And, and over the years of training salespeople, I have witnessed that even some of the most fierce sales individuals, some of the people that have some of the best personalities, when it comes down to it, their fear of rejection overshadows their desire to get the deal. I'm going to say that again. Your fear of rejection will overshadow your desire to land the deal. And, and why is that? We run into a fear of rejection because as salespeople, when it comes down to the close, we get rejected. So our fear of rejection comes in. So we stay away from it because we have to have affirmation as salespeople. We have to. It's the oxygen that, that, that we breathe in, the sales oxygen that we breathe in. Robert Crowley says the close starts with the first greeting. They clinch because they didn't sell the value of the product. You have the right to ask for the business and close it. So I'm going to say it again. Robert, great point. The close starts with the first greeting. I agree with that. So let's, let's look at why, Robert, in the last few minutes here together. Why is that? Why do we not sell the value? Why do we not realize that they're connected? So if the close starts with the first greeting, a lot of times then if 90% of salespeople don't ask for the close, that means that 90% of salespeople could possibly not even be thinking about closing the deal at the beginning. They're thinking about just going through the presentation. They may be thinking about the fact that I'm going to have to spend three and four visits with this person or two to three to five calls with this person. Statistics say it's going to take multiple calls. But I'm a believer that we can change the statistics. I believe the statistics for the top 10% are different than the bottom 90%. Why? Because we asked for the deal. So great point. They clinched because they didn't sell the value. You have the right to ask for the business. I'd say not only do you have the right, again, consider the closed door at your house. Not only do you have the right, you have the obligation. I'm going to say that again. Not only do you have the right, you have the obligation. Sheila also says, if you don't close my prospects, I'm doing a disservice to them. Great point. So if you believe in your product, now if you're selling snake oil, okay, and you're on the streets like they do in the big cities, you know, and they're selling the watches. I got the Rolex over here. You know, I, I, got the, I got the Bolex over here. You know, if you don't believe what you're selling and you're pushing snake oil, then you don't have the right and you're not doing a disservice, not asking for the business. But if you believe in your product, like Sheila says, if I don't close, then I'm doing them a disservice. I teach my guys that work here that. I say, listen, if you believe in this product. How many believe you have the best product? Hands go up all over the room. Well, then why aren't you selling them? Why aren't you asking for the sale? Joey Book says, you have earned the right to ask for the sale. What are you afraid of? Great question, Joey. What are you afraid of? You know, I'd like to hear some of you guys weigh in on the comments here that we can get back to even on next week's show and say, hey, you know, look back to when you were scared. Look back to when you dropped the ball on this issue and, and tell our listeners you know, and, and give us some feedback on what you used to do, what you did to change it, and what it's done for you. Joey said, you've earned the right to ask for the sale. What are you afraid of? You've earned the right to ask for their business. Great point, Joey. Guys, we're out of time. It's our first Game Changer. Thanks for checking it out. Make sure you share this. Invite uh, your friends. It's going to be 30 minutes. We're going to respect your time. On the East Coast, it's during lunch. And, uh, man, I hope you guys check this out. hope you give us some feedback on Twitter. Use the hashtag Game Changer. Tag me at... IPD mail and uh, make sure you can go to SerialSalesPro.com 
davidvilla.me. You can check it out as well. It'll be staying on Facebook Live. We'll see you guys next Monday. And love to have you join us as a guest on the show. Reach out and uh, let us know that you'd like to be a guest, and we'll get you booked. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great, great week.